The following program is paid for by the partners and viewers of the Life of Faith broadcast. This is Dr. Fry, and I want to thank you for viewing today's broadcast. It is such an honor to be able to share the Word of God with you through this medium of television. Today, I'm going to continue my series of lessons on evangelism. It's important for us to embrace the Great Commission. Jesus said in Matthew 28, to go ye. He had finished his work, then he gave us the assignment to go and be his arms, his legs, his feet, his hands, to minister to the world on his behalf. So sit back, enjoy today's lesson, and I know you'll be blessed. God bless you. Let's join Dr. Wayne Fry for the continuation of today's message. A heartfelt um, desire to see my life change, or are you talking to me just to show me how much you know? Are you, are you seeing what I'm saying? And so we got to understand that, and, and, and one of the challenges or one of the uh, dangers I found in, in, in evangelism is sometimes in evangelism we want to speak to somebody's sin before we want to give them the answer. But see you can't there can be no response to sin without first receiving the answer. Can you understand what I'm saying? You know we'll, we'll go to somebody and we'll say you ought to stop smoking. Okay. Um, how am I supposed to do that? Well, you just need to quit. Okay. Why not do it this way? You know, I know, I know a person named Jesus. And he can heal you whatever you're dealing with. And if you, were, if you would accept Jesus in your life, I guarantee you, you'll have the help you need to help you fix any challenges you're going through in your life. Are y'all with me today? And so, because the church, the church, uh, can be can be judgmental and 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 we're and we're working on that in this culture of honor come on talk to me we can be if they don't talk like us they don't look like us if they don't walk like us if they don't praise like us oh, well, oh wait, wait a minute wait a minute. oh wait a minute if they don't praise like us then <laughs> there must be an issue no not everybody's gonna do the same thing we do the way we do it come on talk to me and so we have to bring people along um, but we gotta, we got to reach them at the point of their need. If they're without Jesus, the first thing we want them to get is Jesus. And then we're going to trust the power that comes with the relationship with Jesus to help them stop doing what they uh, shouldn't be doing. Are y'all with me? Same thing happened in my life. Same thing happened in your life. You could have stopped doing some of those things you were doing without the help of Holy Spirit. I don't know how bad, you, how, no matter how bad you wanted to stop, you just couldn't stop. Because you didn't have the helper. Praise God. So, so, so be authentic. Be authentic. Don't put on the front, but remain or ha maintain a humble attitude. Praise God. Amen. All right, go to uh, Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. 
And so through this being authentic, we can utilize our own testimony. Okay, we can utilize our own testimony. All of us have a testimony. All of us have a story, some lengthier than others, some more graphic than others, but we all have a story. Praise God. And so we can use our story and we can use our testimony to help people understand how the power of God can help them. Y'all with me? So over in Mark chapter 5, verse number 18, Mark 5 and 18. Let me know when you get there, please. Okay, Mark 5, 18. This comes after Jesus had just ministered to a man who was possessed uh, with the devil. And so he, he, this man uh, was delivered uh, in the ministry of Jesus. And we pick up at verse number 18. It says, and when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed. Everybody say had been possessed. I mean, no deliverance is wonderful. Come on, talk to me. Yeah, he had been possessed. That means he's no longer possessed anymore. Just like many of us had been bound. But how many know we're no longer bound? Oh, y'all got a shout on that, man. How many know that some of the things that was holding you back before, not holding you back anymore? Because what? You had an encounter with Jesus. Well, we just think no more, no more bondage, no more chains. Glory to God. We're free. Amen. Y'all with me? And so we're free because we had this encounter with Jesus. And through this encounter with Jesus, some of those chains and some of those bondages were eradicated from our lives. And we can say now we had been. We had been bound. Come on. We had been sick. We had been broke. Come on now. Glory to God. So he had been possessed with the devil, prayed him or urged him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered or didn't allow him, but says to him, Go home to your friends, look at this, this next point, and tell them how great things the Lord had done for thee and had compassion on thee. Verse 20, and he departed and began to publish in Decapolis, which means ten cities, how great things Jesus had done for him and all men did marvel. Praise God. You know, sometimes you don't have to know a lot of scripture. You just need to share your story. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. And how that happened? Through a man named Jesus. And the same man named Jesus that did it for me can do it for you. Glory to God. Praise God. I might just know Genesis 1-1 and John 3-16, but that's all right. I got a story. Oh, come on now. We want to expect somebody to get saved, go through four years of seminary before we turn them loose on somebody. No, if you had an encounter with God, you are in prime position to minister and tell your story to somebody and, allow, and just share about the good things God has done for you. Are y'all with me? I couldn't see, I couldn't see straight one. You know, just tell, I, your story might be, I couldn't see straight. I was so confused. But when I met Jesus, the peace of God came over my life. And now I'm at peace in my life. Are y'all with me? It's a story. It's a testimony. Revelation says we overcome him with our testimony and the blood of the lamb. And said testimonies are powerful. But testimonies have to be shared right. And you got to tell the truth in your testimony. Did he say tell the truth in your testimony? You mean church folk be lying in their, in their testimony? Is that what he's saying? Yes. Ah! 
Tell the truth in your testimony. You know how you go fishing. You know, might go fishing. You caught a fish about this long. But by the time you tell your buddies, it, you know, it's about this long. And it broke your line. And, you know, so you, couldn't, you didn't have any proof to share it. And so well, because sometimes a human nature wants to exaggerate things. And that, that, that rolls right over in testimony. And you, and you got people walking around like, wow, man, and all is a lie. <laughs> and testimonies, I don't need to be truthful, but testimonies need to be uh, shared in the way that you share what you did to receive the manifestation that you have. Because we have to let people know that it's not all on God. Is the partnership. God has a part that he's already played. We have a part that we play. And when the two come together, we get manifestation. Are you with me? And so if your story may be, I, uh, you know, used to be a, a drinker, heavy drinker. Uh, your story might, may be that. And so some of the things you did, you got saved, of course, got into a good church. But you stopped hanging around with heavy drinkers. You stopped going to the clubs on Friday and Saturday. And happy hour on Wednesday. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Am I getting close to people's houses? I read the signs. I don't intend happy hour. I just read, you know, I read the signs. They put it outside the restaurants, you know. And so, you, so those things that you practically did to help you walk away from that particular challenge in your life, people need to know what, that they have a part to play as well. And so testimonies need to be authentic. They need to be truthful. And you need to share the information that you did. Amen. And be led by the Spirit. Uh, because your, your whole entire story uh, might not need to be shared every time. Just be led by the Spirit. Share one part. Share one part. Share one part. If you're led to share the whole thing, then share the whole thing. But just be led by the Spirit. Are y'all with me? Praise God. Because, again, you don't want, you don't want your sharing with somebody to be about you now. Y'all with me? Just, you know, sharing so much and you want to pat on your back from what you didn't did. No, you want to share enough. Come on, talk to me. That you give them the story and then, sh then, then give them so the solution for the story and say the same thing can happen for them. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying today? Praise God. Just trying to, just trying to be practical today so that we can walk this thing out without any hesitation. Praise God. Amen? All right. Uh, so number four then. So we're going to be authentic, right? Yes. I said we're going to be authentic, right? Yes. Oh, Lord. I thought I could go to number four, but maybe not. Yeah, be authentic. Just, just, be, just, just be, be the church. Just be the church. Just be who you are. Don't try to be somebody else. Just be who you are. Amen? All right, number four. Number four. Uh, ask questions and allow them to ask you questions. So as you're witnesses, as you're uh, sharing with somebody, ask them questions and allow them to ask you questions because you don't want it just to be a monologue. You don't want to just be talking, 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 talking and not allow them to give a response or say anything in the discussion. OK, because when you're asking them questions and you allow them to ask questions, it helps you locate them. And see, so you can't help someone to another destination unless you first are able to locate them. Got it? 
A lot of times, well, not a lot of times, a few times people will call and say, I'm trying to find uh, your location. One of my first questions is, where you coming from? Because my directions to them is going to be determined based upon where they are. So if they're coming from uh, 29, it's going to be different than me uh, than them coming over here from Monticello Road. You see what I'm saying? And so you asking them questions and having them ask you questions is a, is a tool to locate them and what their need may be or what their challenge may be. And so now you can minister more f- effectively and more strategically because you've located them. You know, I ask them questions about, uh, do they have any history in, with the church? Do they, have anybody shared with them about the Lord Jesus uh, Christ before? You know, those kind of things. And now you can locate them. Are you now approaching uh, a denominational thinking? Are you approaching religious thinking? Or are you approaching somebody that don't know anything about God? And so now your approach to them and your ministry to them, it'll be different based upon their location. Are you hear what I'm saying? Praise God. So um, ask questions and allow them to ask you questions. Now, people will begin to ask you questions when they see certain things in your life. Okay, when they see certain things. And these are, the, these are uh, what I call uh, bait for people to ask you questions. Okay, number one is personal integrity. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm not finished. Personal integrity, honesty, truthfulness, and morals. Okay, I'm going to read that three more times cause, so y'all can get it. Got that? Personal integrity, honesty, truthfulness, and morals. That's the first type of bait that people will look at your life and then begin to ask you questions. Personal integrity, honesty, truthfulness, and morals. I said three more times, didn't I? So I got one more time. Personal integrity, honesty, truthfulness, and morals. So when you live a life of personal integrity, honesty, truthfulness, and morals, you begin to paint a picture that a lot of people don't understand. How can you have integrity in a corrupt world? How can you be truthful even under pressure? How can you have morals when it seems like morals are eroding all around you? And so now you begin to stand out and people begin to ask, how do you do that? How you, how you be patient uh, when I'd have, I'd have lost my mind by now. How you be so patient? And then you can begin, that's an open door for you to now share how you can be patient in a stressful season. Amen. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Praise God. <laughs> All right. Second type of bait. Oh, y'all gonna like this one. Second type of bait is quality work at our places of employment. Ha ha. Quality work. Everybody say quality work. work. Notice I ain't just say work. Quality work at our places of employment. As a child of God, you should be the top numero uno employee on your job. I ain't getting no help on that. Should be number one. If anybody's making it happen at your company, it should be you. 
And so this quality work ethic will draw people. Now, now how can you be so consistent? Uh, how can you be, I, I know, what, what, what's driving you to have this kind of work ethic? And now you have an open door again to share and minister to somebody, okay? All right. The third, uh, the third bait uh, that we can use is fitting comments about God, speaking well about God and the things of God, okay? Because if you, if you find yourself talking negatively about the things of God, what, 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 why do you think somebody's going to want to know about your God if you're speaking negatively about the things of God? You know, like you, you know, at, on Friday, uh, you know, have a good weekend. Yeah, uh, I'm going to try to, but I'll be in church on Sunday. <laughs> now, why in the world you think somebody's going to be interested to go in the church if you, if you don't even feel like, or you don't even act like you want to go in church, go to church. Come on, talk to me. Does that, that make sense or not? So we got to watch what we say. Because people are listening and people are examining our lives. Praise God. You know, come to work on Monday. How you doing? I'm tired. <laughs> You've been so tired for a ah, man. I was in church all day yesterday. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> I didn't think the pastor going to ever finish teaching. He just kept going on and on and on and on and on. Okay, you just shut the door of that person ever come to church with you. <laughs> Seems like you're stressed today. Why are you so stressed? I don't know. I'm going to pay this bill. Why you got no money? You make good money here. Ah, that, that church had that Super Sunday. I tell you what. <laughs> I had to give all my money to Super Sunday. Pastor said we got to build that church. No, you see what I'm saying? I'm just trying to be practical. So sometimes we don't think how much impact those kind of things have in our evangelism efforts. And so most people who are, who are not acquainted with church, they're skeptical about church anyway. Because all of the other negative stuff that they didn't heard about church. You with me? So now you don't want to play into it if you're now being used of God to witness and to minister to somebody. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Glory to God. All right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And then uh, number five, the fifth pr practical thing uh, about evangelism. Always ask somebody for, always ask people for a response. Always ask people for a response. If you're ministering to them and you're taking time to minister to them, then ask them for a response. Would you like to receive Jesus today? Would you like to be saved today? You with me? Give me a response. If they say no the first time, that's okay. You're planting. You're watering. God's going to give the increase. And so just because they say no the first time don't mean that no is always going to be no. Because y'all heard my story. It took me, it, you know, I went through about 14 no's in the same night. But I'm here. Praise God. <laughs> Are y'all with me? <laughs> I'm here, and I'm glad I am here. But uh, so, my so the, the key was uh, the person didn't take my first no 
as an as a end-all definite. They kept going. And so you might, not, you might not ask a person 14 times when you're ministering to them. But that first time, there might be a no. I'm, no, I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm not ready to do that. Okay, that's fine. But just keep watering. Keep planting. And then another opportunity may come. Are you ready to receive Jesus now? If it's no, okay, no problem. I'll keep praying for you. And just, and just, uh, but ask people for a response because uh, that's, their, that's their call to action. That's their call to action. Amen. Go to Acts chapter 2. Go to Acts chapter 2. Praise God. Is this helping anybody today? Okay. Just want to be practical because we don't need to be spooky. We can be practical and very, uh, very effective. All right, Acts 2 and verse 37. Acts 2, 37. Let me know when you're there. Okay. All right, verse 37 says, Now when they heard this, the gospel was being shared. When they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so Peter gave them a call to action. Okay, gave them a call to action. Uh, that was Acts 2, 37 and 38. So he gave them a call to action. In other words, he gave them an opportunity to respond to what they had just heard. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And so if you're sharing and you're ministering, you want to always give a person an resp- uh, opportunity to respond to what you've been sharing with them. Amen? Praise God. So point number one was what? Understand you're in partnership with God. Okay, number two was? Pray for opportunities. All right, number three was? Be authentic. Y'all know that one. Praise God. Number four? Wonderful. And then number five? Always ask people for a response. Okay? Praise God. All right, so now for the next few minutes, let me share with you. Go to uh, Matthew 9. Go to Matthew 9. I'm going to share with you how, you how we can release our faith for the harvest. How we can release our faith for the harvest. Uh, Matthew 9 and verse number 36. Praise God. Tell me, if you guys, if, if, if this church embraces this like we su- we're supposed to, we're going we're gonna to change this entire region. I mean, the entire region. Just with, just with the folk that's in here now, we got enough to get it done. Amen. Praise God. All right. Uh, Matthew 9, 36. You there? It says, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Jesus says, the harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. So that means there is more harvest than there is laborers. Which means you can look at it two ways. Which means we have a great job ahead of us. But it also means that we have a easy job ahead of us. Because we got a lot to choose from. (laughs) 
Come on, talk to me. We, we, we don't have a, a small number. We have a great harvest, but a, but a few laborers. And I'm on, I'm, I want to, uh, I believe in that you're commissioning yourself to be one of those laborers. Praise God. All right. So how can we release our, our faith for the harvest? How can we uh, release our faith for the harvest? We got to first understand it's God's will for all, uh, for all people to be saved. Y'all understand that? God wants every person saved, even Pookie and Shanene. Come on, talk to me. <laughs> Is there a Pookie in everybody's family? No, not some of y'all. Like, I ain't got no Pookie in my family. Praise God. Even Pookie and Shanene, he wants saved. Okay, Ray Ray too. So you got to understand. Because <laughs> sometimes you look at people and you look at people's actions and you just, you just, you just discount them. You'd be like, hey, ain't no hope. But there is hope. And God wants to touch them just like he touched you. Okay? All right? Got to understand that all, all, it's God's will for all to be saved. And you have to begin to ask the Father, ask the Father to send forth laborers into the harvest field. Now, when you ask God to send forth laborers into the harvest field, don't be surprised. That you'll, hear, that you'll hear the voice of God said, you go. God, pray, send them, Lord. Send them, Lord. And the Lord's like, okay, get up and go. He'd be like, nah, that's not what I was talking about, Lord. I was talking about other people go. No, but yeah, pray that God will send forth laborers across that path. Now, you might not be the one to reach everybody, but there is someone that can reach anybody. And God knows exactly the person that's, that has what they need to reach everybody on the face of this earth. And so we need to pray and give God permission to speak to people in the earth realm to now go across people's path and share the gospel. But again, make sure you're willing to go as you're praying. Because there's a group of people that God has assigned for you to reach as well and that you will have influence in their life more than I might have influence in that life. Are y'all hearing this? Praise God. So pray, 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 pray. Pray that he will send laborers uh, into the harvest and then believe you receive when you pray. Praise the Lord. All right? Then confess. Confess that it's the will of God for a family member of, of yours that you desire to be, uh, be saved. Confess. God, Father, I confess that it's the will of God that Jack be saved. I thank you that you're sending forth laborers across Jack's path to speak the gospel into his life and that he's receptive to what he hears and the eyes of his understanding are enlightened and that he will give his heart and his life to you today. Amen. You're making it a consistent confession and now what are you doing? You're releasing your faith in the atmosphere for now God to use your faith to move on to somebody else's behalf. Praise God. And then number, uh, number four, be long-suffering. Be long-suffering. You might have been ministering to a person for a year, and they're still not saved. Don't give up on them. Don't give up on them. You got to be long-suffering. God is willing to wait. You should be as well. Faith Christian Center International and the Life of Faith broadcast has gone global. With new media outlets such as a free mobile app, Apple iTunes podcasting, a 24-7 Internet TV network, 
Google TV, and Roku TV channel. The Life of Faith broadcast now reaches over 150 million homes globally with God's Word and God's love. Take advantage of these new media outlets at your own convenience, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and enjoy the teaching ministry of Dr. Wayne A. Fry. More choices anytime. You've been watching the Life of Faith broadcast with Dr. Wayne A. Fry. We pray that your faith has been strengthened and your heart encouraged by the Word of God. This broadcast can be viewed 24-7 at no charge at www.fccintl.org. Join with us next time on this station for another life-changing message with Dr. Wayne A. Fry.